Well, hi, everybody. I hope you're doing well. Bonnie and I are actually headed home from seeing our kids and grandkids in Arizona. So it's really nice. It's kind of hard to come back to where it's kind of chilly. But we love Colorado. <clears throat> you guys, I wanted to just pray over us today and to offer a prayer for our nation in light of what's happened at our Capitol this week. Just uh, kind of some startling scenes, really. And regardless of where you are in politics, we I think we can all agree we're, we're called to pray for our nation. And now is a very important time to pray. So would you just join me and let's agree together that God will show up in these times that seem so divisive and so challenging. Lord, we need you. We need you and we petition you now to bring us as a nation to our knees. Help us to somehow turn to you in our weaknesses, our tendencies, our anger, our frustrations. Bring peace to our own hearts personally. Help us to understand the power of relationships and care and trust. Lord, put your virtues, the fruit of the Spirit. Give us intuition from the Spirit to read what you would have us do and not just act out from a self-centeredness that we, we don't want to have. We trust you. Help us as a church to continue to be mindful, to pray for our nation, we lift up our leadership. We lift up this country. We need you. In your name we pray. Give us your direction and your wisdom. Amen. I love you guys. God bless you. Let's have a great weekend. Well, happy new year. I know it's been a few days now, but I haven't had the chance to tell you that yet. So I'm excited about 2021. I hope you are as well, and I hope so far you're off to a great start. Last weekend, Pastor Bob Seal kicked off a new series called Endless Possibilities. Now, let me just kind of remind you of how this whole series came about. We were talking about 2020, <laughs> remember that year? And all the restrictions, which we're still facing. But now we have kind of the light at the end of the tunnel, we're seeing the vaccine, we're seeing some possibilities. And we decided, you know what? We've been told what we can't do for so long. Let's look at scripture and let's find some stories where even in restriction, even from the darkest places, there was hope. And there was a way through it. And as a matter of fact, there are many people and many stories in Scripture that some of the greatest miracles in the Bible happened in those darkest moments. So hopefully you'll be inspired today because truly the possibilities are endless, regardless of what you face today. Today and this weekend, I want to talk to you about, I've just called it prison break. What does it mean to live with the reality of being in prison? And by the way, there are many kinds of prisons. There can be relational prison. There can be emotional prison. Many people right now, after 2020, are really bound emotionally, anxiety. It's a prison. And there's a lot of worry. 
There's such a thing as financial prison where you can't pay your rent. You lost your job. These are, these are real prisons. They, they depress you. They come in and they, they hit you hard. And we're trying to help people uh, at Timberline and in Northern Colorado and all of our campuses. We're really trying to help people go through these things. COVID-19 has made a, a pretty lasting impression on all of us. I think this story in the Bible is about two guys in prison that were locked up and had no hope. They were going to die there. And it's a wonder they didn't, but God showed up. Isn't that just like God? So I want you today to open your heart to say, God, even in the prison that I have around me, I'm going to trust you. So let's look at this story. It's pretty powerful. The first thing in your outline, I have a bunch of points today, but don't get nervous, okay? I'm going to go really fast. The first one is good versus evil. I think I just want to set the tone for this message in this point one, that there is good, the spirit of God on this earth, and there is evil, the spirit of the enemy on this earth. And we see it right here in Acts chapter 16, verse 16. One day as we were going down to the place of prayer, this is Paul and Silas, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money from her masters. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God. They have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and he said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Now, let me, let me give you a couple things of, of insight as to what could have been happening. And I'm not saying that I, I know all of these are, are factual, but if you read commentaries, you're going you're gonna to come across three or four of these things. Some say that there's some possibilities here that this demonic girl was proclaiming that they were bringing the news of God so that when they did a miracle, she would get credit for it. Like, I'm associating with them. I know what's going to happen. And that way, her, her bosses, if I can say them, her pimps, if I can use that word, because that's really what they were, would recognize that she identified them as spiritually strong miracle workers. That would be a win for her and her reputation. Some say she wanted to associate with them for that reason. They're going to do a miracle. I just know it. So I want to be on their side. Others say that she was annoying them on purpose, like sarcasm, like, oh, listen to these men. They're sent from God. Do whatever they say. Others say that there was this demon in her that was making himself known to Paul and Silas and unashamedly declaring, making declarations to bother them, to intimidate them. That's what the devil does. That's what our enemy does. Anytime you start to feel pressed down and smacked and minimized and ha having no value, you, I promise you, that's not the Spirit of God. That's a spirit that wants you downcast. It wants to push you, push you, push you, cause you to have anxiety and worry and fear. Fear. It's a big one. So how do we cope? I'll tell you how we cope. In good and evil in this world, we stay filled with the Spirit of God. The Bible says, greater is he that's in us, God, 
than he that's in the world, our enemy. So hold on to that. Number two in your outline. The motive of the user. Now, I, I've just put user here because there are many users. In verse 19, they're called her masters. They were, they were the people who had power over her. She was a slave girl that they owned, demon-possessed. It says her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. And this is because the demon left her. And it was the demon who had this insight. So they grabbed Paul and Silas. They dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. And the whole city was in an uproar because of these Jews. And they, they shouted to the city of officials, they are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. I just want to say this before we move into the rest of this story. In our world today, because of the evil, there will always be users. Always. That's how it's set up. Until the kingdom of God comes to this earth and God reigns, there will be people who want to intimidate and own you. That's why we have human trafficking. That's why we have employment sweatshops in the world today. It's why we have children's soldiers. It's why we have forced labor and prostitution. I could go on and on. These people are users. They want three things, money, power, and control. Who does that sound like? That sounds like the enemy. Even when he tempted Jesus, money, power, and control. When Jesus was in the wilderness, turn these stones into bread, jump off the cliff, kneel down to me. All these things have to do with money, power, and control. That's what was happening in our story. Notice that there was no joy for her being released from this demonic oppression. They didn't say, oh, good for her. She's free now. No, they didn't care about her. They cared about using her. That's what the enemy does to you. And he wants that from you. Number three in your outline. See, I told you I'd go fast. Sometimes things go from bad to worse. Now, in Paul and Silas's case, oh, boy. That's exactly what happened. This gets really ugly. Verse 22. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. The city officials ordered them stripped, beaten with wooden rods. I mean, this sometimes these rods can, can make you bleed to death. They were severely beaten. I mean, if the Bible says severely, ugh, can't imagine and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. What this was was a special warning to the person watching them. If they die, you die. I mean, if they, get, if they escape, you die. And that's a, that's a terrible place to be. And so the jailer put them into the inner dungeon, which is like the down pit part, and actually put their feet in, in stocks, the Bible says. So they're shackled. They've been beaten with rods. They're bloody. They're a mess. They're trying to scab over. I'm not trying to be gross. And they're sitting there with their feet in shackles. I just want to say there are risks involved when you try to take a stand for God. Now, I'm not, I'm not politically driven. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm really not. But I think it's fair to say 
we are seeing the enemy in this time raise his ugly head and divide people over the, some of the silliest things I've ever seen. And when you take a stand for truth in our culture today, especially, I'm going to just say it, biblical truth, marriage between a man and a woman, when you take a stand that says, this is what the Bible teaches about that, this is what the Bible teaches about life in the womb, oh my goodness, you better be ready because it's a battle. And this is not easy. And it's not going to get easier. We're in a culture that has total, even if you say it with love, we're in a culture that has total hatred and no tolerance for people who don't share their view with what the Bible calls sinful practices. So we better pay attention and we better know what we're doing and we better know that trusting in God and believing in this book comes with a price and there's a cost involved. But when I think about this story, I start thinking about what Paul and Silas, what was their attitude? Their attitude was bring it on. That's why we're here. We are light in darkness. We are the people who are choosing to walk in the truth of God, because that's how you're set free. If you truly believe that, then you want people to know this is how you find freedom. Man, it's a challenge. Well, let's move on. Number four, there's no prison that can hold the soul. And I'm really thankful for this point because no matter what the shackles are, no matter how bad they were beaten, no one can control what's happening inside of your spirit, man. Now, we see this in verse 25. Listen to this. This is a phenomenal story. Around midnight, it even gives us the time. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. <laughs> I, I get that one, but I don't get the next one. And they were singing hymns to God, singing. And the other prisoners were listening. Well, of course they were. There's no one singing in prison when you've been beaten and you're, you're, you're shackled by the feet. No one is singing. People are moaning. They're crying. They're weeping. They're angry, yelling and screaming. No. Paul says to Silas, hey, why don't we sing a song? <laughs> I, just, I just wonder if I could train my soul to respond in the darkest, deepest moments when I have pain from the world unleashing on me to say, I still have the hope of God. I still have the favor of God. I still am going to, to press on for the truth and for the freedom that I believe in. What was this? Imagine the jailer. <laughs> who's catnapping over in the corner. He's got his eye on him because his life is on the line. And he's like, are they singing a song? Yes, they were. Why? Because you can't put your soul in prison. No one can do that. Only you can do that. Others can't. So I think there's something here that's very powerful that we need to pay attention to. Here's the question. How will you respond to personal attack, to imprisonment in your life that comes from the world? 
Now, I'm not talking about um, political pressure or little things that just annoy you. I'm talking about because of your faith, you're being attacked. Because that's what was happening here with Paul and Silas. Number five, what is your response to that midnight hour? How are you going to respond when you've been beaten? And I don't mean physically, but I mean, any, and it might be physically, but it's probably going to be socially, Facebook, social injustice, all of, the, all of the ways that people bully other people. And you get this thread going with people attacking and lashing out and being mean online. It goes on and on. You guys, that's the kind of bullying that we have in our culture. That's what they were experiencing. Only in this culture, they didn't have social media, obviously. So it's physical torture for them. But how am I going to respond to that? How am I going to respond to trouble and challenge and being alone and kind of a last chance? What is your typical response in these moments? When someone's mean to you, how do you lash out? Are you mean back? I think you have the right to defend your position. I think you have the right to speak the truth. But getting into a shoving match is not going to win. If you can learn, if I can learn, if we even in the church as believers can learn, People are going to vent. They're going to say mean things because we don't share their certain belief systems. But we still need to love them and we need to lead with love. And we can hold to our convictions without lashing out and being angry and mean back. Okay? Now just please pay attention to this because in 2021, 2022, I believe, I believe we're going to see some pretty tough attacks on Christians and believers for the stand we take about what we believe is biblical truth. Be ready for that. So, number six, God is the one who delivers us. He's called the deliverer. Now, this story, it gets a little long here, but I'm going to paraphrase it. I'll read some of it. There's this massive earthquake while they're in prison, the, the Bible says the prison was shaken to its foundations. The doors flew open. The chains fell off, not just them, but every prisoner in the prison. And all the doors are open, so everyone's about to escape. He assumed that when the jailer wakes up, he's like, everyone's left. I'm going to die. They're going to kill me. So he starts to kill himself. He would rather die than be tortured by the Romans. But Paul shouted, stop. He's saying this to the person who put him in shackles. Think about, think about love your enemies. He says, don't kill yourself. We're all here. No one is left. You're not going to be in trouble. Jailer called for the lights. He, he runs to the dungeon. He fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he says, what must I do to have what you have, to be saved, to trust in God the way this God, what happens is he knew that this God delivered them. He's never seen anything like this as a jailer. He knows there is such a thing as the supernatural. And I can't stress this enough. We are in a world where we need the supernatural power of God. And if you can walk in that, and if you and I can trust God for that empowerment, it will restrain us when we need to be restrained in a good way. I will bite my tongue. I will, hold, I will be kind. 
but it will also empower us to speak the truth in love with the power that comes from the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I love this story because it's like, man, when in your life have you ever had someone run up to you and say, what do I need to do to be saved? <laughs> he believes now, doesn't he? And the story goes on to basically say he believes in Jesus. Uh, the jailer's household was saved. They all come to faith. Uh, the, the jailer cared for their wounds. And, and he's baptized. He feeds them. This is all found in verse 31 and following. Let me get to the last point. Number seven. Always seek justice. Not to get even. And justice comes from God. And that's the twist. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever said, God, I wish you would do this to them or that to them? <laughs> I, I think that's normal human behavior. But let's look at what happens. This is, this is it's not funny, ha-ha funny, but it's so ironic that this happens. The next morning, the city officials sent the police to tell the jailer, let those men go. And the jailer told Paul, the city officials have said, you and Silas are free to go, so go in peace. But Paul replies, <laughs> I mean, this is, this is just crazy. So Paul says, they've publicly beaten us without a trial. They've put us in prison. Here's the clincher. And we are Roman citizens. See, they didn't know that. They would have never done that had they known they were Roman citizens. So now, they want us to leave secretly? Certainly not. Let them come themselves to release us. When the police reported this, the city officials were alarmed to learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to the jail and they apologized to them. Then they, they brought them out and they begged them to leave the city. Talk about turning the tables. Isn't that just like God? When Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of Lydia, and there they met with the believers. They encouraged them once more. Then they left town. This is the twist in the story. You know, I don't know how you would feel, but if I had been beaten and thrown in the dungeon and all that, and they came and said, you can leave, I'm out of there. But there was something about justice ingrained in Paul that he wasn't going to let this go. You know what this is? This is righteous indignation. This is the empowerment of the Spirit that says, this isn't right. And I'm going to take a stand on this because this is a moment in time that my integrity and my reputation matters and I'm not going to just let it go. It doesn't mean you're mean or ugly. It just means you're taking a stand for the truth. You guys, let's stand for the truth. Even with the ridicule, even with the hate mail, even with the challenges we're going to have, stand on Scripture and your belief system. Don't cave. Don't go with the flow. Our world has evil in it. And it has the Spirit of God willing to fight that evil. Let's be the people that can be that voice of reason and that voice of logic and that voice of hope more than anything else. Let's look at this story and recap a couple things. We have the slave girl in the beginning in bondage. 
We have the users who are driven by greed and by money. They're in bondage to, to money. We have the mob who are bound by violent behavior and by anger. And we have Paul and Silas who are in physical captivity, who have been beaten. All of these are types of bondage. Which is worse? They're all bad. You may not be thrown in prison in physical bondage, but you may have an addiction that's taking you out. It's taking everything away from you. And you are suffering. You need a miracle in the midnight hour. And you need to know that there is hope in this dark hour and dark time. You can trust God. You can trust God. Don't just walk away from this today. Reach out to God right now and say, God, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm in prison. Whatever that prison is. Some of you are filled with resentment and hate. Someone has done you wrong and all you, all you live for is to get even. Stop. That's not going to help you. That's not going to bring satisfaction. Giving your life over and trusting God to empower you to do the, the things that he wants you to do is your way out of the prison. That's your way out. There are endless possibilities for you. Don't just bite one hook and get trapped by the enemy, the evil in the world. But instead, trust your God. Run to him today and let the earthquake come and let the shackles fall off of your soul, your mind, your heart, your body and be freed by the Spirit of God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for freedom, for release, for deliverance. God, I pray for those who are bound right now. They're bound by addiction. Their mind is stuck in a rut. Lord, they, they need to overcome. I just pray that you would release them, bring the earthquake to their soul today and remove the shackles by a miracle that only you can do. Lord, we trust you and we believe you. And we stand on your truth and we thank you for this story that teaches us and helps us how to take a stand, but also how to yield and give you the power to do what you want to do with it. We give it all to you. Lord, I pray for those that might not really know how to follow you, that right now they would say yes, that you would knock on their heart. They would trust you with their future, that 2021 would be a new beginning for them. We give it to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, I love you guys. We want to help you. That's why we're here. Let's have a great year and let's party all year long on the truth of who Jesus really is. God bless you. Let love live. Don't forget that. See you next time.